Friday, everybody, and welcome back at last to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like this show, if you're on Apple, they get those ratings, give us that five-star review. And we talk judging and MMA, so you should learn the criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. So, Dan, you are the reason we didn't uh, have a show ready for Monday. All the people who were just chomping at the bit to talk about these four rounds that the judges didn't agree on from Saturday. You are the one at fault. We almost fell out over this. I I almost punch you. Um, (laughs) But uh, cooler heads prevailed and we realized that. Oh, wait, that was all just made up. Yes, that was all made up. All made up. All made up. It's good to see you. Did you have fun in Vegas? I had a great time minus losing. Uh, How much you lose? Uh, too much. Too much. That's always the um, case, isn't it? But it was still fun losing it. So, I mean, you know, you're basically just paying a fee I had to a have good, some fun. I had a good time while losing it. There you go. I suppose, except for that one. Oh, that one was brutal. Yeah, Dan. It's, Dan had a bad beat. It might be on YouTube somewhere. Mm-hmm. Dan, you uh, want you want to briefly and succinctly explain what happened to you for the poker? Uh, poker. So heads? they for the first time ever they did a flip and go event, which is basically a one hand. Everyone's all in first hand, and then the winner of that hand moves on in the money to play a regular hold'em tournament. Get dealt three cards. You have to. You see the flop, and you discard one. We play this all the time in my home game, so I'm basically an expert at it. So I had the huge advantage over the field over this massive lucky single hand game. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the flop came ace deuce four. I looked at. I peeled my cards. I had a five three and a seven. So I discarded the seven. I kept the straight. There was two spades on the flop, so I was like, okay, just got to avoid the flush. No one had a flush draw. I was ecstatic. Some guy took forever to take his to discard his hand. He ended up keeping a king and a four. Turn came a king. River came another king, giving him a full house and uh, ripping the soul out of me. Actually, and, and there is so, like a really good video clip that was taken. Who took this video clip, by the way? The uh, one my, of you. my buddy Rob. Your buddy Rob took a good video clip, and you can actually watch as the portion of Dan's soul leaves his body. Uh, never to return. Yeah, that that was a rough one. It, it's it's both sad and and honestly, it, it's a little fascinating. I mean, so instead of being up seven hundred with a chance to win a couple hundred thousand, I was down one thousand after yeah. one hand, and it, it hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. I would I would just be like, all right, well, I'm gonna go home now. That's how I would be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't play poker. Poker's not my game. Uh, even when my friends play, like we, we went to a bachelor party over the summer, everyone was playing poker. I'm like, eh, I'm gonna sit it out. Okay. It's just not for me. I, I understand it. I know how it works. I can play poker. I could probably even play with a decent poker face, but it just doesn't interest me. Okay. It is what it is, sir. We have different passions, and that's okay. That is. But uh, it's good to see you back. I'm glad you're back. I'm here. Did you run into any uh, any fighters, any officials, anybody? I mean, I'm, I don't think so. Did I also pick, wasn't did you looking. Did pick any fights? I wasn't looking out. No, I, I'm, I'm very calm out there. Yeah, that's good. You're plus, in your element. Yeah, plus people know if they mess with me, it's going to be a bad day. For you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know you didn't really get too much time to watch the fights out there. I, I understand that at the sports book they were not playing the fights. They were not. I, I can't. I honestly, I, I'm. Which book were you at? I went to see. I went to the Flamingo where I was staying. Okay. Every single seat was reserved on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Went to Caesar Sportsbook, one of the best ones in Vegas. Every single seat was reserved, and you can pay money to take one of the seats. And I was like, this is ridiculous like i never heard of this never had never seen it before in vegas it was just first come first serve usually mm-hmm. uh but they added a price tag to all their seats now so i wasn't about to do that no and they weren't showing fights it was a college football saturday which is games. okay with you in some ways it is yeah, i mean you love like, college you football have one tv with fights on because if they were the same time and people are going to bet on them and it's in town yeah i just i guess maybe they didn't want to clog it up with mma because they knew they were going to have a Tyson and uh, Tyson Fury and uh, Deontay Wilder later. And to be fair, this so, wasn't necessarily the most attractive of cards either on paper. Poss- yeah. Maybe there wasn't a lot of uh, a handle going on with with uh, these fights potentially. Probably. You know, it's possible. Uh, who knows? I'm sure they they have a uh, their ways of figuring out what's necessary to put on or not. Mm. Uh, and college football has to be a big generator, I would think. But nonetheless, uh, we did catch up on at the very least the rounds. Uh, to s- that that we're gonna be talking about for contested rounds, uh, Dan, you did, but I know you didn't really get to catch actually the main event. 
I didn't catch the main event, but I read enough about it. We can. Uh, what what I can do is I can kind of give you at least ju- just a, a little bit of a rundown of what actually happened in the fight. Yeah. I know you kind of read about it, but essentially, round one, Rodriguez is looking pretty solid. Marina Rodriguez, who got the win over uh, Mackenzie Dern at 115 pounds. I confused myself thinking it was 125 pounds in our previous episode uh, because of Mackenzie Dern's uh, stay at featherweight from time to time, and probably eventually we'll go back there. I, I have to think if she gets a little older, but that, she does seem to have gotten the weight under control there. She actually looks like she's really made for 115 okay. now, so who knows? But anyway, Rodriguez got got off to a good start with her striking. Uh, round two was all Dern because she was able to get it down and, and had her in all sorts of trouble. She's, she's fishing for arm bars with the legs and all sorts of you – you actually should watch that fight like okay. just for just for even round two because I know you're, you're a big grappling nut and everything. So, um, But nonetheless, throughout the rest of the fight, especially round three, round three was just like uh, essentially around Dern just took off. Even her corner kind of commented that way. But like we need – they said we need the next two rounds, which I think they're absolutely right. And the scorecards bore that out. Round four, we did see a little bit of signs of life. Uh, from her, but it was only it was late. She wasn't able to get it down until late, and wasn't able to really do anything with it. She got in the mount pretty quickly, but she couldn't do anything with it. The rest of the fight, it was all Rodriguez landing in the clinch, landing from distance, uh, basically at will, and, and and the fight just kind of went the way that I kind of expected uh, when we talked about it last week or last uh, last episode. Okay, so that's uh, that is the fight. I think I pretty much summed it up as well. Um, but what that puts us at is essentially Rodriguez takes the place where Mackenzie Dern would have, although maybe not to the same degree because they had higher hopes for Mackenzie Dern to win this fight than they had Rodriguez. That's what they do against Rodriguez. They put fighters they have high hopes for against her. They do, uh, although I don't know that that's necessarily what they did with the original matchup of Carla Esparza. I think they're probably hoping that Carla wouldn't win, but she did because she, I mean, I know she's not your favorite fighter, but she did come through in, in the fight on the on the scorecards. She got the decision. It was a close yeah, fight. She didn't win, but yeah. she got the decision. It was a close fight. Uh, <laughs> but now we've got a few contenders at 115. You know, Esparza's there, and she does hold the win over her by however narrow margin it was. Um, and then Rodriguez is with her. We've got Joanna Jacek, who has not fought in quite a while, but still has the name value. Um, and then we've got the fight in a month. With Rose taking on Zhang Wei Li. Rose Nami Yu is taking on Zhang Wei Li in the rematch from earlier this year for the Strawweight title. And then we got to figure out what's uh, what's going to be next. So let me ask you, how would you handle all of these names at the top after the title fight? I'm either I'm either making Esparza be on Jacek or Rodriguez and Esparza are running it back. Okay. So then what would what would then become of the uh, title fight? Because you want to just have them wait for that fight or what would you do? Well, the two winners would fight. Maybe, maybe Yana can jump the line. Yana can jump the line uh, to fight whoever. Even though she hasn't fought in a year and a half, huh? Yeah, forget it. I mean, you don't care. No, that's the name. I mean, Yan Zhonan is pretty interesting. Yan Zhonan is also up so, there as well. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like. I'd also like to see Mackenzie Dern against Carlos Esparza. So, yeah, but I, I don't know that necessarily Mackenzie Dern has earned that fight based on this most recent fight. Not on to this get, one, no. Yeah, I, I think that would be tough. You'd probably need it to be, let's say, Esparza loses her next fight. Then maybe you could put her against uh, Mackenzie Dern. Because mm-hmm. that would be interesting because it would then become you know, either a grappling contest or uh, some of the... <laughs> and not necessarily super interesting, but when you get those two grapplers, it becomes a striking battle. Um, although I, I will say Dern did not look good here because she is not the level of striker that Marina Rodriguez is and that few few women are. But... I do think she could at least make it a little bit more interesting, competitively speaking, against someone like Carlos Barza. I don't know how that would go, but it would be interesting. Yeah, it would. And then we also, Darren was toying with going back up to 25, too, right? Yeah, but I, but again, I do think she she seems to have finally found the way to make 115 consistently, and, and her body type seems to have kind of, maybe she's gotten more serious with her nutrition, uh, which I say the word nutrition as I look at your shirt that has the word nutrition on it. Shorty Rock walkout tea. Is that right? High strength nutrition. Shorty Rock Sean Santella. Ten years ago, our former jujitsu uh, instructor. He's fighting in Russia in a couple weeks in November, first weekend in November. What promotion? Brave. I'm oh, pretty, it's brave. I'm pretty okay. sure it's brave. Yeah, that's right. He's fought for them before. Okay, that makes sense. Um, all right. Well, you know, as far as me, because you didn't ask, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. Okay. Here's how I would do it. You got the champion, right? Yeah. Whoever comes out of there mm-hmm. shouldn't be a trilogy fight. 
I don't I don't see why you do that right away. I think there's well, yeah, not when that you not when that. Rose knocks her out again. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, that. there would be that so. too if that happens. But nonetheless, I think whatever happens, you got to at least get a fresh body in there. Let's see somebody else. Um, I would probably say you would do Esparza competitively. That's what they would do. And I don't know that there's any, anybody necessarily that would leapfrog her unless they do Joanna for some reason. But if, let's say, Rose does win, they're not going to put Joanna in there after a year and a half and her having lost two fights to her either. Yeah, that's not going to So I, I don't think that would really happen. It would take a Zhang Weili thing again, where, the, where at least a rematch, even though I don't love the idea of her skipping the line, I get the way the UFC does their business, and that would at least make some sense. Although I don't know if that's the best thing for Joanna. To come back after such a long layoff and, and get that fight? Is she going to win that fight? I don't know. No, that's you, tough. No, you probably just give it to Esparza. I think that's and the way to go. Because you got the storyline that she already lost to her. Yeah, I think that's the so, way to go. And then I would say probably you put Rodriguez against the loser of the title fight. Yeah, I like that too. I think I think that's the way I would go about that. Um, That leaves Joanna on the on the sidelines. It doesn't seem like from Dana. Dana actually was saying the other day, Dana Way was saying that she seems very happy and content with life and that she's not really interested in taking anything that doesn't interest her. So maybe we just don't see Joanna anymore. I don't know. Maybe she'll only come back for like one or two fights here and there. So maybe even putting her in this conversation isn't necessary. Yeah, I'm good with that too. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. And she, she's given us amazing wars, amazing fights, amazing career. She never came back. I'd remember fondly. She had one of the greatest fights of all time, uh, in my opinion. Well, if Zhang loses, they can just do that again. I mean, yeah, but again, does she want that fight? Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. I think it would sell. Yeah, I get you. I get you. But but uh, I guess we talked about Mackenzie Dern a little bit, maybe how you can match her up later on. But like, I guess you can't answer this one too easily because you didn't watch. But I got it. Wh- oh, you do, yeah, huh? What I you got? got? Well, the question here before we kind of get put the cart before the horse: What does Mackenzie Dern have to do to become championship material? I focus one million percent on striking. One million percent on striking. Yes. Okay. On her stand up, her jujitsu's there, and, and it's never going to be surpassed by anybody. Sure. So just train that normally. You don't have to go extra hard there. Maybe boost your try to boost your wrestling, but you're never going to become an elite wrestler. So the path is just become a good striker with amazing jujitsu. Here's where I'm going to say you're wrong, and I do think you, if you had watched the fight, you might feel a little bit differently. Is that it became. Very apparent that even though Marina Rodriguez is not necessarily the greatest at keeping herself upright and avoiding takedowns, she really didn't get taken down too many times. I think she really needs to improve her striking to be, you know, capable and to be able to close the distance, but also from there really needs to focus on the ability to get the fight to the floor in different ways. I think that's the important part. Never going to happen. She doesn't have enough time in, in the takedown game. I don't think she has enough time in the striking game. No, striking you can get better quick. But there are wrestling a lot, takes a lifetime. There's a lot of talented women at 115 pounds that are great strikers, and I don't think, you save, think save for Tatiana Suarez, who, for all I know, she may never come back. Unfortunately, um, I don't think there's a ton of wrestlers out there that are going to give major, major problems uh, for her and, and the ability to prevent her from doing what she wants to do. What are we talking about? Mackenzie Dern. No, so the wrestler can keep wrestlers herself aren't, up. Wrestlers aren't going to give her a problem. Wrestlers are going to give her or, a ton of problems. Sorry, I misspoke. But yes, they, they are. I think they are the ones that are going to give her problems. Yes. She needs to be able to at least be capable enough to kind of get in the situation a little bit. Then pull guard. And that's it. She's never going to close the gap when it comes to wrestling. She can close the gap when it comes to striking. I don't know. I, I look at like someone like Damian Maya, right? Damian Maya is, I think, the closest comp you're going to get as far as an established fighter because we have an amazing world-class grappler who did become at least a a passable striker. I think we could probably call Damian Maya, right? Yeah. But he never improved his takedowns enough, and that that was the Achilles heel when he was trying to get that championship. But because he's never going to become that wrestler. He's, it, it takes a lifetime to get there, to be able to just blast double someone, throw him on the back at will. It doesn't need to be blast doubles, even it, if you could just get into the clinch or- scenario and work trips. You can clinch him and pull guard. That is the easiest way to get it to the ground. That's what Damian Maya did. He'd shoot a single, pull guard, sweep, not get to the back. That's But that was all he had, and that's why I don't think I think you need more than that. I think if she could find her ways to close distance and just clinch up, 
then she can try to work things like judo trips and things like that, you know? Yeah, I just I, I see easier path is getting better at striking. Maybe, maybe not. It depends on the on the you know, the fighter, the man, the woman, whoever we're talking yeah. about. I mean, I'm not saying she's gonna she's gonna close the gap entirely, but I think it's a lot easier to close that striking gap than it is to close that wrestling gap. All right. That's an interesting. I mean, I I would be curious to see what you think. I, again, I don't think you're going to necessarily change your mind based on your convictions for the this belief right now. But it would have been interesting if you had watched the fight and you could actually uh, kind of use examples from that fight too. I mean, just because she, I mean, she's strong in the clinch. Maybe she gets a lucky trip. I, I just don't. I just don't see if you don't grow up wrestling from when you're four years old, you just really don't get better at it. You know I mean, not everyone's George St. Pierre. Sure, so, but we're talking about again a division that's very heavy on strikers. So I don't know that striking is necessarily going to be the thing. I don't. I, well, I I'm just, just. I'm. I'm. I'm saying she has the the ground edge once it's there. Sure. I, and if if there's no wrestlers in the division, and maybe yeah, maybe she can you know just get a little bit better. And it'll help, but I think that's that's where I'd say agree to disagree. Obviously, you feel very strongly. I feel stronger the other way, so that's all right. I mean, if she fights Carla Esparza, like we were saying. I think Dern's going to win. Um, Esparza throws her on her back because he's going to get triangled. I do. Uh, I I do so. think that that would be a problematic matchup for for um Carla Esparza as well. Yeah, I do. But I do think she'd have major, 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 major problems uh, with someone like Tatiana Suarez if that actually were to materialize. But again, yeah, we're not. We haven't seen Suarez for many years. She's had a, a lot of uh, health issues over the years. It's unfortunate because she was such a promising prospect. Uh, I would have loved to see what she could do. I think she, even if she comes back, she'll probably end up at 125. She'll be a better weight for her. Mm. Um, anyway, because she was kind of on the bigger side. So we'll see. Uh, I'll be rooting for that, but we're at where we're at. And uh, I think we can kind of move on to contested rounds, right? We, we yeah. don't have too many. Like I said, there's only four. Uh, two decisions, two rounds each. One was a split. We'll lead with that split. And that was in the Chris Gutierrez against Felipe Colares. Gutierrez got the decision. It was two 30-27s, so two definitive scores, and then a 29-28 the other way. Uh, the That score came from Rick Winter. The other two were Mike Bell and Sal D'Amato. We don't see a lot of Rick Winter kind of in the spotlight on these decisions like that. He's, he's kind of avoided, uh, let, let's say, the wrath of social <laughs> media. Uh, for the most part, but this this is certainly the one that people people started taking notice a little. Yeah, they weren't, but I mean, you know, they're never happy anyway, so you can't really please them. But uh, we'll get to the one uh, that I, I felt a little more strongly than the other. But let's lead off with round one, uh, which was the first of our split rounds. Dan, what happened in this round? Uh, kind of low output. Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy really from each guy. No one overcommitting. I I scored it for Kalars, so I'm with Rick Winter on this one. Okay. I thought he landed stronger. I thought he had some good body kicks. I didn't really see all the, all that much effect of Gutierrez outside of a couple leg kicks and maybe one or two decent punches. I think Kolaris did more and was more effective. Lots of clinching from both guys. Nothing really happening in those clinches either. Yeah, I think I think the fact that there was so much clinching, especially in that later part of the round, there really just wasn't that much happening. And not that you score the later part of the round any heavier or mm -hmm. not, but it's you know it, it kind of just you only remember what's happening more or less in the first part of the round and there's less you know happening in general low output round like that it's always tough for for someone like me at least to sit there and say oh yeah someone definitively won this round because did they really win that round definitively because i mean let's face it you gotta you gotta put yourself out there a little bit more right try to try to take the round in some way go get it get some get some output out there if you're just using it as a as a feeling out round that's fine but Hard to feel strongly one way or the other for me. I did see this one from Gutierrez. I thought the kicks were a little bit snappier, as they tend to be from Gutierrez. Um, that was really the deciding factor. But yeah, I have, I have no issue in the least with you going uh, the way of uh, Kolarish here and siding with Rick Winter. Not a problem. Yeah, this is a this is round where one of the guys, they probably could have put a stamp on it. Yeah. If yeah. they went for it a little bit. Especially in the later part. Again, mm. Kolarish had just done something with his clinch. You know, yeah. It, you have... You have some position there. Maybe you didn't feel you had it enough to do something. But, I mean, if you don't do anything, you're not going to reliably take that round either. Mm -hmm. Round two, I feel a little differently about this one. Before we do uh, get into that, why don't you break down what happened in the round? This was uh, Gutierrez picking apart Kalarsh on the feet mm -hmm. pretty much the whole time. Uh, he was fighting off his back foot countering, but everything Kalarsh threw missed, and he was answered with uh, some good shots. Missed or deflected. Yeah, it was a lot of that. I thought this was a pretty solid, clear round for Gutierrez. I thought this was a, a quite clear 
round for Gutierrez. Absolutely. I, I think the, I think he won the volume. I think he won the uh, the impact from the volume, mm-hmm. too. I think of all things considered, he still had better impact. So the fact that he more or less doubled up the output uh, and successful, effective output there, too, I, I thought this was a very easy round to give to Gutierrez. So I'm I'm actually incredibly surprised uh in Rick Winter going this way. Now what the reasons could be, I don't know. Um I saw at points Rick Winter trying to like find the best view. You know, maybe there's obstructed views and that kind of thing. He's missing it. Although I'd have to think with the, the sheer volume of this round, he must have picked it up. So I don't know. It's hard to say. I I kinda I don't want to sit here and bend over backwards to defend this score because I just don't think it's a great score. I do think yeah. Rick Winter's a good judge, and he this doesn't represent the type of judge he is, but it, yeah, it's not the greatest. Yeah, pretty clear for Gutierrez. Yeah, but but again, um, fortunately, the the two judges, uh, D'Amato and Bell, saw it 30-27 for Gutierrez. There wasn't any actual drama as to who was going to win the fight, I don't think. Uh, so what we ended up with was the right winner, and uh, we can move on, right? Yes. Fortunately. You 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 learn from this, I would think, as a judge. You probably go back and and if 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 the judges themselves agree with the assessment that we're making here, very likely he's going to learn from this because he's been doing this a very long time. Oh yeah, for Mo- sure. Moving on to uh, Damon Jackson getting the win over by unanimous decision over Charles Rosa, thirty twenty seven, twenty nine twenty eight, and twenty nine twenty seven. So you know when you get three different scores, you're getting two different rounds to discuss unless there was some sort of 10-9, 10-8, 10-7 situation or something. Yeah. Ain't going to happen. You know, there there is precedent, though, for a 10-8, a 10-9, and then a 10-9 the other way. This this is, I mean, I think we even talked about one this year where they might not have the middle score, but there was, I think there was a round where uh, Chris Lee went all the way to the other side of the other two judges on one thing. Oh, I think it was the yeah, end. That was in the Houston that, card, yeah. if I recall, and I actually sort of understood it a little bit more at the time, right? <laughs> that was a little. It was a weird one. What a strange fight, uh, and I can't remember who it was either. But it's, it's escaping me. But anyway, we do have two rounds here. That's the point. Let's start with round two of this one. Dan, what's happening? I thought this was a total ground domination from Jackson. Yeah, yeah, and and again, I should have mentioned too. This is a potential ten eight round. We're talking about an eight nine split. Yeah, there's no there's no question who won this round. So mm-hmm. this is a Jackson round. I thought Rosa had zero offense. Uh, I mean, in the beginning of the round, Jackson's on his back, and then he sweeps him. So I guess he had very minor offense in the beginning. Sure. Uh, but I thought ground dominance, attacking the neck, and then he ended the round with some solid ground and pounds. So I thought this was a pretty uh, easy 10-8 for me, checking off damage and dominance. I only went to the 10-9. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I don't think it's uh, this is a, an unfitting round to go for the 8, uh, to pull the 8 out. I did not. I just think that this was a round where I would have liked to see just a little bit more damage. I, maybe I'm asking too much. I don't know. Um, maybe that's absurd to say, but I would have liked to see just a little bit more to get that 10-8. I think this is more like a 10, you know, eight and a half, so to speak. Something that would be a 10-8 yeah. in our system. Yeah. Well, the thing, I'm, I'm also counting the, the choke attempts as, as grappling damage. Okay. I mean, so, that's fine. You know, um, I, I get that. And then I think the ground and pound at the end kind of sealed it for me. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Okay, he, this was a solid. It wasn't just a, a positional dominance. So he actually uh, was going for it. Sure, so. sure. Uh, that's fine. I I don't think it's crazy. Um, and yeah, you know, Mike Bell, who who is the one who agreed with you, gave the ten eight. The most likely judge uh, among <laughs> our uh, traveling judges, our our most frequent judges for these UFC cards, is the most likely to pull the eight. Um, but I don't think it's unwarranted. I don't think he's he's willy nilly with eights. I think he's just more likely to do it, and and he usually stands on firm ground. I think so. I have no problem with him going that way, or you, uh, seeing it that way as well. I I disagree, but not very stringently. All right. The other two uh, who went the same way as I did in the majority, though, that is Dave Hagen and Adelaide Bird. So that uh, again, when we're talking about a ten eight round in, in a fight like this, especially after a first round that unanimously went 10-9 to Jackson. We're basically just talking about how badly down Rosa is going into the third round. So, you know, as far as impact on the fight, not crazy if it's an eight or a nine. It's basically just like, does it can hear in the draw somehow, or is it just going to be, well, I need to finish. Yeah. And he's got a fight like he needs a finish either way. So round three, we do see something happen that does change the fight a little bit for the messier, right? Very messy. This was a bloodbath. 
I like that you brought up the brood as you and I watched this uh, round yeah. together. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I should also add that I pulled up, having watched this round already, I pulled up yeah. the, the brood theme song. If you're not if you're not aware, the brood was a stable in the WWF Attitude Era in the end of the 90s. Uh, they were all vampires, and they liked to give people bloodbaths. I, uh, yeah. But I why... Here's the thing. Why were they called bloodbaths when they all oh, they were just talking about that viscous red liquid that uh, Gangrel would carry around, but they would never call blood? I don't know. It was always weird that they they would call that a bloodbath, but they didn't want Gangrel to be drinking blood. He's a vampire, though, so it's not actual vampire because they're not real, sir. Uh, have you ever seen one? No, because they're not yeah, real. That you don't know for sure. <laughs> I mean that kind of that kind of logic doesn't really work, but it works. That's true. I've not been to Transylvania. I will give you that. So, uh, I've no, never, I've, I've never. I don't know too much about Vlad the Impaler. I just know that he's he's the impetus of the story. Go on. I saw Gangrel live at an indie event in home in my hometown about two years ago. Yeah, he does a lot in this area. I've, I've always seen him so, on posters. We always see wrestling posters up in town. Or at least he did. Fangs. Yeah, he does. I know he does. He's got caps and stuff. Yeah, he used to be married to uh, Luna. Luna. But we're off on a tangent here. Let's get let's take it back to the actual blood that was really happening in this actual yeah. fight. So spinning back fist at a just wild from Rosa. Lands on a corner of the eye, busts him open and, and it just turns on the faucet. It, it and it doesn't stop. I mean, this is one of the leakiest cuts that I think we've ever seen. I mean, we've seen a lot of blood come out, but this one it's it was just pouring out like the way my kids turn off the faucet which is not very good it, just, it didn't stop and then they're rolling around in the puddle of it they get up and it's like someone painted uh charles rose's arm red your reactions it's were fun during like this. oh my god <laughs> so much blood and you got john anik just bloodthirsty up there he was having <laughs> a lot of fun it. i mean the just bleed guy would have been in in heaven back in the day yeah yeah uh but after he gets hit with the the elbow Jackson really doesn't get deterred. He wraps up the neck. He's on the back, but never really put Rosa in danger of anything. He was he was winning the grappling position exchange for most of it, but Rosa was was peppering him with some shots in in these clinch positions. I scored it for Rosa ten nine. I did as well, and I do think that cut because of how much blood was coming mm-hmm. out. I think you have to score that as as very effective. We're we're talking about oh, effectiveness. Yeah. We're talking about the ability to end the fight. If you lose that much blood. You're diminishing your opponent. I think that's actually like, you know, there's some cuts that are superficial. This is not a superficial cut. This is a cut that could actually damage you over time. Yeah. So I, I look at that and I score that a lot more strongly than I would just a natural cut. So I felt much more comfortable giving this round to Rosa very easily, even even with the grappling success that we were seeing from Jackson. I would I don't know what I would have needed. You, you got to see it to, to actually understand what you would do or not. But I feel like Jackson would have had to do quite a bit to actually overcome that, like actually put him in some sort of you know dangerous choke. Or yeah, something, he was you know? he was he never never had Rose in danger, not, even though he was winning the the battles of position. No, no, so. certainly not. That's that's not going to overtake what really happened with that elbow. And, and you know, can one strike when you're around? I mean, it depends on the strike. And I think in this case, and and with the counter offense, I think yeah, it did. I really do. Yes, yeah, this, this was it was really good strike. I mean, I love when when guys get cut. I mean, superficial or not, it, it's effective to me. Sure. So it, it's you have everything's different. Like, you know, it's, it's it's like every punch isn't the same, right? There's not right. there's not significant and insignificant uh, yeah, strikes. I mean, there's a billion different types of strikes and a billion different types of cuts. I mean, some guys nose starts trickling blood. That's that's a bit different. But now what happens if a Diaz brother bleeds? Does it matter at all? It just powers them up. Yeah, that's uh, true. So so what you're doing, what you're saying is that's actually effective offense for a Diaz if they get cut. Well, yeah, because okay. mainly the Diaz brothers are getting cut because of their uh, cheekbones and their eyebrow bones. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. It's I mean, it's not because of the punch. Yeah, you're you're a silly man, sir. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that is, that is it for contested rounds. Uh, we can uh, move into the final phase of this event. Uh, we can start wrapping up, and that was the favorite finishes. We had four of them, two by TKO, two submission, one finished in the first round, very late in that round. What was your favorite? Uh, Lupi Godinia's armbar. The first round one, absolutely. That was. Uh, I liked that she realized she was too high on the back, couldn't get the choke, so she just transferred. Uh, Transition to an armbar and nice belly down armbar, yeah. Belly down, quick tap for her uh, first submission win. First submission win, and she was totally dominant. Uh, whoever she was fighting, I forget her name, um, was not competitive at all. It, this was a totally dominant fight. It, it yeah, and and Godinez is actually back in action this weekend, sir. Good on her. Yeah, I, I you know she's my favorite. There you go. There you go. I, add her to the list. Fighters that fight. Fighters that fight. <laughs> That's exactly what you want. Exactly. 
And your favorite was? My favorite was what I think you probably would have picked if you didn't uh, have second choice. I don't know if I would have, but... I don't know. I mean, you, you, you're a big fan of uh, Maria Agapova. Well, uh, no. I I was a fan of her after when she when they were sending uh, Hannah uh, Ciphers, just <laughs> feeding her to everyone. For some reason, she was just allowed so cool to go. Hannah Ciphers. They, she could go 0-5 in a year. I think it was. She. I don't know if she went 0-5 in the year, but she definitely lost a lot. Like, that was kind of mean. I mean, in, in Agapova, she looked really good. And mm. then she had this crazy hype behind her because of that fight. She was a huge, huge favorite and then just she blew looked, it. She looked good for like three or four minutes in her fight against Shauna Dobson yeah. and then she just lost and basically just, it was like the biggest uh, comeback, I think, in, in betting history or something oh, like that. I forget what it yeah. was. Yeah, that, that was a hard luck loss for a lot of people, but some people benefited, I'm sure. Uh, and and Dobson has since retired. Actually, that's the funny thing. And now we finally get Agapova back in the in the uh, in the cage. It's been a while. We hadn't seen her. This is her first time back. She looked great for two rounds. She was she was patient. She was she was using her offense right. Um, we we saw a much more mature fighter, uh, a patient fighter. But when the opportunity opened up, rocks Sabina Mazo with a punch and immediately jumps on Mazo's back, gets a rear naked choke, and. I mean, it basically, it almost didn't even look in, but Mazo's yeah. tapping out. Like, I, I don't know if she was really had her wits about her. It was it was very Cerrone Gallard-esque. Oh, I'm trying to remember this one. Cerrone, well, they were friends coming in, and Cerrone mm-hmm. smashed him, basically knocked him out, and then instead of pounding on him, just, just choked him. Melvin Gallard, by the way, has not been winning a lot of fights lately. <laughs> Is he still fighting? Oh, my God. He fought bare knuckle the other day, and he got his, um, his orbital broke in five places by, uh, I think it was Joe Riggs. Joe Riggs is still fighting. Yeah. Well, it's bare knuckle. What is happening? It's bare knuckle, sir. Oh, okay. Understand that. Yeah, okay. A bare knuckle (laughs) event in Montana. All right. I mean, we had a bare knuckle fighter die recently. This was really terrible. So the, I don't, I don't necessarily hate the sport of bare knuckle, and I don't mean to get a tangent, but we're going to do it anyway. I don't hate the sport of bare knuckle, but I hate the way it's run right now, which is basically just let's find a bunch of washed dudes and maybe some guys who have some name value, and Mm -hmm. let's mix it up and see what happens. But they find either washed dudes or dudes that can't fight. And they brought in uh, a man, and I'm going to look up his name right now because I don't want to uh, neglect that because this man died. Justin Thornton. He should not have been fighting. He shouldn't have been licensed. He shouldn't have been matched up the way he was, and and he's dead now. Um, I don't like the way that things are going with that, and I would like to see the commissions take a little bit more control, or a lot more control, I should say, uh, in sanctioning fights that are a lot more competitive, especially in bare knuckle, because what we see here is they're, they're just putting these fights on. Hopefully, they understand that it could mean their livelihood and the entities themselves, like BKFC, they start to say, well, we're not going to do this anymore. We, we're going to clean up our act. Because already a man is dead. Yeah. There's my soapbox. Can't get can't get on one any more than than when a man dies. That's that's how I feel. But anyway, uh, to bring it back home, uh, back to back to the fights at hand. Uh, Ag- Agapova. That one that one really drove me. That I thought that was easily the best finish of the weekend. It was very impressive. We are now at the point where we're just a couple days out, really one day out actually from the next UFC because of our delayed uh, run to get to this episode which probably won't happen again for a while. Uh, UFC Vegas 40. We're at 40 of these numbered fight pass Vegas events. Amazing. <laughs> the, the, the hashtags, I mean, these hashtags are coming from the UFC, I'm pretty sure. They, they're they the ones who are doing UFC Vegas 40. They didn't come up with a different name for it. So mm. that's what we're going to go with. Um, these ones are on Saturday from 7 to 10, the main card. Headlined by Aspen Ladd, coming in on short notice, and finally fighting at 45 instead of 135 where she continues to not make weight against Norma Dumont. Um, This was supposed to be Holly Holm against Norma Dumont, which I think would have been just a gross midge match. But now we have at least probably something that's possibly a little more competitive or at least makes a little bit more sense on paper. Um, But I look at this fight as just, it's just set up for Ladd to win anyway. Ladd is going to smash. Yeah, she's probably going to really smash because now she doesn't have to deplete her body uh, to the point of shaking and and convulsing not convulsing but i mean tremors and didn't stuff. look good no she looked terrible so i spoke to her actually today about this whole thing and about, and about her her previous weight uh troubles and everything i wrote a story for the post uh for us and she said that <laughs> it's funny i was talking to her about like the past and she'd refer to like oh this fight was a horrendous cut or yeah that was a horrendous cut i'm like this is half your career mm-hmm. half of your career is a horrendous cut that's not normal <laughs> this is not okay 
but she's still I mean, now she kind of wants to go the almost the Holly Holm tweener route where she take fights at 45 and 35. Seems like she's not going to try and take anything on short notice at 35, but she can take a short notice at 45. Not that there's going to be many of those. Yeah, and is, even, is Amanda even defending at 45? I think, honestly, if, if I was Aspen Ladd, it doesn't seem like that she's necessarily thinking of this fight as some sort of very quick stepping stone to a championship fight at 45. She seems to think this is just getting back in the cage after almost a two-year layoff. From it, she blew out her knee last year. Yeah. Um, that this would be something that can just get her back in and, okay, I've got something under her belt. But, mm. I mean, if she gets a good win, is impressive. Realistically... Why not just just put the title fight together at 45 next year? Because then you know Lad will actually make the weight. You don't know that she's going to make 135 pounds. How can you give her a title shot? Yeah, if you hit, if how you don't can know you possibly make, right. give her a title shot at 35? If she can't make the weight. Yeah, you can't. So I, I I think it would have to be 45. Right, that's what I was saying. Is she even defending at 45? Because once she's gone, I mean, I think that division's over. I don't know. It depends because if they can bring in uh, Kayla Harrison. Kayla Harrison would come down to 45 for the UFC. She would do it, almost definitely. Right, but I mean, is she going to get paid a million dollars? She might not get paid a million dollars, but she might get paid enough to say, I'd rather be over here because it can increase my um, earnings potential and my ability to do other things and star power and that kind of thing. There is some value there. I am not. Mm. I don't want to sit here and defend the way the UFC is going to pay compared to earning a million dollars almost guaranteed every year, but the platform is significantly bigger, and she could become a crossover yeah. star. She really could. She's got that potential in her. But anyway, my prediction is also Aspen Lad smash round one. TKO. Yep, that's what I got. I don't see it going any other way. Um, any other fights of interest for you, sir? You're you're not a big fan of uh, of any Jersey based fighters, are you, sir? Oh uh, yeah, I am. Which one? Uh, Jim Miller's on this card. Who? J- James Miller. Jim A10 Miller or James the Mongoose Miller. I'm not familiar. Think, to, that was that me. was that was one of his initial nicknames. The I don't mongoose. remember the mongoose. Like, uh, probably pre UFC. Did, was, did was he telling that about uh, to us about the show or when he was on? Our I don't show? think he, he didn't mention the mongoose. He was just oh, explaining okay. where A ten came from. Okay, okay, that's. But right. I mean, I like I prefer Jim F and Miller. That's Jim F and Miller is a good nickname. The nickname. It should be a nickname. I agree. Um, and it's it's a shame that this poor kid Eric Gonzalez is making <laughs> his debut against him because he's it's not going to go well. The Ghost Pepper. He, yeah. uh, he just followed me on Twitter recently. Hot and spicy, but I mean, it's, the fight's going to be uh, Miller, rear naked choke, game over. This is a tough one. It's hard for me to count on Jim Miller because he he tends to turn away all but a certain level of competition, although he is getting a lot older. I, I think I'm still going to pick Jim Miller, but I'm going to say Jim Miller will eke out a decision. He'll kind of hold on for a decision. I think he's going to win. Kind of the, He always wins the early part of the fight. No matter what fight he's in, even when he loses, he, he looks really good in round one and then kind of fades. I think he could do just enough to get the decision here, but it's going to be tough. Uh, Gonzalez is not to be taken lightly. Oh, it's a shame. Gonzalez is going to lose. <laughs> so you're going to take him lightly. That's fine. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, does anyone else jump out at you? Uh, you know, I, I put a few names on our little outline here, but uh, any of these, like, jump out at you oh, right they, away? I mean, yeah, well, Julia Marquez jumped out at me mm-hmm. uh, when I was looking at the card. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Molly Cyrus is walking him out. Is that right? Uh, no. What's, what's your, uh, who's your source? Uh, my uh, brain. Oh, okay. Just, so making, just making stuff. Just making stuff up. But I wouldn't be shocked to see it. I've done it before where I predicted these things in WWF, and they've come true pre-Dirt Sheets. Oh, okay. So Dirt Sheets have been around longer than you, sir. But before they were <laughs> before they were published on the internets. Oh, I think those were going around on like Usenet or something like that, too. I think you're going to have Listen, to go pretty darn, darn far back to- uh... Things, okay, well, things I've never read before. Gotcha. I've put out there. I see, not I knowing see. It. All right, it's all come right. Out. You're talking about Nostradamus over here, right? Yeah. Okay. Actually, she's probably not going to come back for this card because, it's, I mean, outside of Jim Miller, I'm not a fan of the card, really. No, I understand. Okay, that's fine. Uh-huh. That's there's fine. Yeah, other, Mar- Julian Marquez, is, he's going against Jordan Wright here. Uh, you got a prediction? Jordan Wright's going to knock him out. Okay. I, uh, you know, I'll go Marquez's decision. All right. And then he'll he'll say something ridiculous when he wins, and, and there's no predicting what it could be. It probably have something to do with Kansas City, uh, I would guess. Is that he's all about Kansas City and everything. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he's going to do something fun with the Chiefs. Who the heck? Yeah, knows? tell them that they're not playing that well. They are not playing very well, and so, I don't know that they're going to necessarily correct themselves to the point of being an actual championship contender. Yeah, they're not the Giants. No, so. no, of course not. Thankfully for everyone who's not the Giants, no one wants to be the Giants. Well, everyone should want to be the Giants. I mean, they don't have a quarterback, a running back, or wide receivers. Why would you want to be the Giants? Because with those, they're all hurt. Because when they're not hurt, they're the best. Sure, but they're hurt. When they're not hurt, I'm saying. I see, but they're hurt. When they're not hurt. 
<laughs> we could go on and on. Uh, for me, though, a couple, like you said, uh, these are some names that I wanted, but a couple names that I am looking forward to. Uh, again, it's not the most interesting card, but I do think there's some interesting names on here that I want to see. Uh, at Women's Flyweight, I want to see uh, Menon Firol, uh against Myra Bueno Silva. I do think that's an interesting matchup at 125 pounds. I think Firo is an interesting prospect, an interesting striker. Uh, bueno Silva is also very fun to watch. I think this could be an interesting fight. This one, yeah, that's a good women's mm-hmm. fight. I like that. It's actually, I think it's a much more interesting um, women's fight on this card than the actual headliner. Although one of them has, you know, more name power, of course. But I don't know. Firo's name is, is starting to carry a little bit of weight, at least with hardcores. People really know her and they appreciate her game. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't have that much experience, but and it's pretty fierce. And realistically, how many people are saying, "Ooh, Aspen Ladd, I gotta watch that fight." <laughs> There's, I mean, would it matter that much if you did sub in Manon Firo? I don't know. Maybe you could. I'm trying real hard to get that French pronunciation. I don't know if I'm nailing it, but I'm. I, I feel, it feels good. It feels like is she close. France from France? She is indeed French. I thought it was Italian. No. How many how many Italian names you know end in a T? Well, Fiat is pretty much what I was going with. That was <laughs> that. I mean, if you want to get a little glimpse into how I how I think about things, sir. <laughs> we we had in vowels, my friend. Yeah, but Fiat's Italian. I understand that. Yeah. She, is she French? We're, we're looking that up right now. Her, her nickname is The Beast. I mean, so that's kind of way played out. Everyone thinks they're a beast. I mean, to be honest, no one's a beast that says they're a beast. Um, But she's not saying she's a beast. She's saying she's the beast. It's very different. Maybe. Imagine if her nickname was A Beast. <laughs> <laughs> be I'd respect it more. That would be a little funny, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, she's from France. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, but I'm in, I'm looking forward to that one. The other one I I want to see, and and this has basically just got violence written all over it, is uh, at feather at men's featherweight because we now have men's and women's on this card. So we're gonna we're gonna differentiate here. Men's featherweight, Nate Landwehr, who is always in some sort of wild fight that either ends in strange way or, or is just like raucous with with violence. So I look forward to that. He's going against Ludovic Klein. Um, I don't necessarily have predictions for any of these fights. These are just ones that I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, Nate Landwehr is fun. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it. I think this card, as much as it doesn't look very attractive on paper, like at all, I think it's actually going to be more fun probably than the most recent one we had. I don't, I don't think the one that we just spoke about was quite a riveting card by any stretch. I think this one will actually come through a lot better. They usually do. They usually do. But, I, but again, even compared to this one, I think this one just looks on paper like it's got more potential than the last one did. Okay. So I feel decent about it. I think, I think we'll come away satisfied. But you know what? That's not the only MMA on the weekend, and actually, we get some bigger fights. Not even only MMA of the day. It's not the only MMA of the day, and we and they don't overlap. So you can right after the uh, the lad main event turns off, you can probably switch over to Showtime and watch some Bellator 268 because that starts at 10, goes to about 12:30 ish main card. This is where we pick up the light heavyweight Grand Prix in the semifinals with the headliner being the championship fight. Vadim Nemkov, the champ, defending his belt against the uh, the alternate here, Julius Anglicus. I am pretty sure I am butchering that, but I'm going to do my best. Anglicus. I think it's spelled Anglicus, but it's pronounced Anglicus or something like that. I, I, I remember it being different than it's spelled. Okay. So I look forward to hearing someone butcher that name, but hopefully somebody say it correctly during the broadcast. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be Moro or John McCarthy or neither. But someone's going to say it right at some point, and that'll be good. I would bet on Morrow. Um, my, my bet's on you. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's going to be either one. Anyway, uh, that one, I mean, I don't know that Angliscus really deserves this fight from an actual merit standpoint, but he's the guy who was able to step into the tournament as the alternate. And I'm very, very interested in Vadim Nemkov and, and what he brings to the table at 205. I think he's a really interesting fighter. Um, I think there is a case to be made that if he goes on enough of a run, you could start saying, hey, maybe this is actually the best 205-pounder on the planet. So I look forward to him anytime he steps in. And, and I look at this fight as I'm not going to analyze this very carefully. I didn't go that deep into the weeds, but I just look at Nemkov and I'm going to say I'm going to say round two, TKO, Vadim Nemkov. I am going to say Angliskis by decision. Are you just trying just to, to be, be contrarian. contrarian? Yeah. Wow. Nailed it. Just pick the same word. That. But I'm, well, that's you know, I, I kind of... I don't know if Nemkov's gonna finish him, and they—I mean, we've seen him get tired before. Uh, and I really don't know anything about Angliska, so 
I'm going to go with him. I'm not as familiar as I so, would have liked to be either. Yeah. So I, I can't really ass- uh, assess this one really good. I'll take all these predictions, especially for Bellator, with a grain of salt. I'm not the greatest with predictions necessarily either. Although I did totally nail what would happen in the Rodriguez fight against Dern. Nailed it, nailed right, it, nailed it. Right. I'm the best. I mean, that wasn't um, Bellator, though. It wasn't. It wasn't. But Bellator is a lot easier to predict, usually. I'm pretty. I'm There's a reason why people just parlay the main card of Bellator and win. Well, this is not going to be that easy of a parlay this time. Maybe you should anyway. Card. Because of this next fight. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this, this one and you know, winner of course goes and to this. How can... choose, goes to the uh, championship of the light heavyweight Grand Prix as yeah. well. And betting on a card with Benson Henderson, that's just that's really hard. <laughs> it's hard so, for you. But this the co-main or is it the, is it the technically a co-main or is it just like it is? I mean, it's it's the co-main because the co-main is not. Yeah. Oh, it's not a title fight. I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's yeah. not the title fight. But I mean, it's the co-main. The co-main is just the one that goes on before the headliner. That's really all that is. It right. doesn't, mean, doesn't mean anything else. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about Ryan Bader and Corey Anderson in the other light heavyweight Grand Prix semi. This is a five round fight. All these these fights they've been doing as five rounds. So. Uh, even though it's a non-title fight, it is five rounds. It's it's funny that it's funny that Bellator of all places is doing this because of the simple fact that they haven't been doing up until apparently the beginning of next year five round non-title main events. Mm-hmm. They say they're going to start doing it, and now it's brought up this conversation about hey, do we have to do it for everyone or not? Does everyone really think we need that for the UFC? I don't know. That's a conversation for another time, maybe. Unless you have a, a a way you'd like to define that right now. I think every fight should be five rounds. Every single fight. Okay, got it. Uh, a title fight should be seven. You're crazy to make so, heavyweight fights five rounds. I hate uh, you. Well, okay. Excuse let me, me. That should be a one-round fight. Let me explain. Okay, go on. Heavyweight should be one round. Thank you. All right. All but right. No, we're, we're everything else, five rounds. Okay. I I will uh, disagree, but I don't necessarily want to get into it. Okay, yeah, let's not get into it. We're on, we're on, we're on the heavyweight uh, same page. That's good enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, this fight, Vader, Corey Anderson, got some good wrestlers here. So it's definitely going to be a striking match. Every main card should be five rounds. I'll end it there. Um, <laughs> Ryan Bader, Corey Anderson. I think Corey Anderson wins this. Okay. And I think he looks impressive doing it. Interesting. I mean, what do you see? Kind of like the, the, the tide rising, tide falling on these guys yeah, or what? Just, just. I mean, Ryan Bader's been around for so long. He has been it's around like, for a long time. I think Corey Anderson's got him. I am going to keep riding it out with Bader. I will. Um, I just think he's a more well-rounded fighter. He he's developed his striking to the point where it's 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 much more of a tool than it yeah. ever was earlier in his it's career. A little chinny th- though, right? Getting there. Yeah, and, and Anderson has shown he, he he can he can land some power too. I'm not writing him off. I really am not. Mm. But I I would feel much more comfortable taking a Bader decision in this fight than I would uh, like an Anderson result going his way. That's just how I feel. But I also don't want to see Bader Nemkov again. No, I don't necessarily want to see that either, which is why you wouldn't because you're predicting an Angliskis Anderson final. Right. So does it but really I mean, matter, sir? Back when we did our actual brackets of this, I still had Nemkov going against Anderson in the finals. Oh, okay. I don't even remember. I, I think we both had Nemkov winning yeah. probably overall. Yeah. And I don't remember what I had on the other side. It was probably Rumble. Or 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 Yoel, who obviously yeah, neither one of them never happened. I mean, neither one of them can even participate anymore in this. They did <laughs> Yoel. Neither one of them lost in the tournament, but they were both knocked out of it. <laughs> uh, and and Rumble, of course, they're pumping bacteria out of his stomach right now. It's really disgusting yeah. stuff. He's not doing well. That's he's apparently good. very sick. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, he's not necessarily, uh, you know, the charity cause for my sympathies, but unfortunately, you don't want to see that to anybody. No, so, you know, wish him well, but whatever. <laughs> And our other interesting matchup this weekend? Like uh, like you mentioned, Benson Henderson is on this card. I know you are not super big fan of Benson Henderson. Not a big fan, but I'm not, I don't think you I'm not a hater. Him, yeah. I, yeah, I don't I don't dislike him. I dislike when, you know, the first thing out of his mouth in post-fight interviews is just- Is a toothpick. He's thanking God. <laughs> um, I feel- ch- Why I, do you hate God, I sir? don't know. I don't. I believe oh, in okay. him. I, I just, I, I agree with Chael Sonnen. God does not care about a fist fight on a Saturday night. I mean, I would agree with that, so, but I do think it's funny you you said that he because he talks about God because on your shirt it says Psalm one forty four one. It's a pretty pretty cool psalm. We're we're talking a lot about about it's your pretty, shirt today, but it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool whatever book that they wrote on in this Bible or something. No, that's fine. I'm wearing a Batman shirt, so you know my shirt's also cool for for yeah. different reasons. 
Yeah, Batman's cool. It is. It's very, he's very cool. Um, but yeah, Benson Henderson, he's in action at lightweight, uh, going against Brent Primus. Brent Primus. I always, I, I can never remember which. I think it's, it's Primus. Is it Primus? But, I thought but, it was Primus. But we're gonna say Primus because that's cooler. You can say Primus. I think it's Primus. As uh, it's Tony Gravely. It's not Gravely or whatever. <laughs> Gravely. Gravely. It's he's, not it's, that. Yeah, he says Gravely. It, but it's not that. I understand. <laughs> um, I will look go forward to literally any fight that Brent Primus is in because he is going to hunt Gogo Plata's to no yeah. end. And it's and, awesome. And the man has hit one, sir. So. It, please more i feed me more yeah you know i can i can see i can see him subbing ben uh i, could, actually, I don't too. i don't see it being the go-go i think he threatens the go-go can switch to a an arm bar uh off the go-go why? or an omoplata yeah or omoplata i'm surprised you didn't jump to that because uh, <laughs> that you finally have a guy that we're talking about who's like a realistic chance that he could win by omoplata and you didn't go there sir yeah the thing with you? the thing is benson is so limber like I want to be really, really tough he to is, finish but, on him. But we've seen, you know, the idea that you couldn't submit this guy is is completely debunked. Right, Not just right. in grappling where he's he's competed as well, but in MMA. I mean, he lost by submission to Anthony you know, Pettis. Anthony Pettis, who so, a lot of people kind of forgot that he actually has submissions. Right, but he really he, he hit him with such a one of the ba- most basic subs, you know, that you learn, you know, your first month yep. armbar. Yep. And that's why I see Brent Primus verbal tap, the- verbal tap on that one. You remember that one? It was a verbal tap. Yeah. yeah. I, I see him attacking the go-go or Omoplato, you know, whatever, get the uh, leg across. Mm. It gets defended and, and uh, Benson leaves an arm out. So I'm going Brett Primus, arm bar. I am going to take uh, Benson Henderson by decision. I do think uh, Primus is going to be hunting for that stuff. And, and if he hits it, especially a go-go, you know I'm going to go through the roof. But I don't think he's going to be able to be as effective as he'd like to be. Uh, from the bottom to be able to win the rounds. Actually, no, I'm changing my prediction. Oh, what do you got? Benson Henderson by decision. That's where I was going, sir. I guess I sold you right. in my, uh, well, my lead no, up there. I forgot that Benson's not going to take him to the ground. He's just going to kick him and keep it standing. That's true. He will do a lot of kicks. So. Yeah. Um, but either way, even if it ends up down there, I do think Benson Henderson is savvy enough to uh, be able to score from the top. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, unless he's, unless Primus actually locks him up in something that lasts for a little while in that round. I just don't see him being able to take the rounds. Okay. So I feel you, more comfortable with Henderson. Why don't you let the people know where this card's happening? This one is in Arizona, sir. So we have the Nevada judges, of course, probably working, and most of the t- typical traveling judges working in Vegas, uh, as we've seen. But I'm sure we'll get some of them, uh, some of the names we know, work moving down to Arizona. Or maybe it'll just be a lot of the Arizona judges. And we've seen Arizona judges are actually pretty solid. They have a nice commission Marcus down there. Marcus Rosales, probably. Uh, well, I don't. I'm not sure. I think he's actually technically a California judge. He's a traveling judge. Um, yeah, but I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Chris class. Flores, okay. the recent uh, addition to the Nevada uh, pool of judges, who, who's a solid judge. Uh, we got to see him in Nevada. We saw him earlier this year in Nevada in uh, in Arizona as well. Um, he, he's a good judge. I, you know, mm-hmm. him and and some of his other peers. I hope are are just as as equipped. To handle these fights, and uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I, I feel confident in a commission like theirs. It's not like when they go to um, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> we, every time we say Texas, we should have it censored out. <laughs> <laughs> like a curse word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I have no problem with the state of Texas in in and of itself, but you know, the, the judging could be better. <laughs> And that is going to do it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. A little bit delayed this week, but we'll be back again on Monday. Absolutely, and uh, get used to that. We'll be back on Monday going forward. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.